Today's scripture reading is Exodus 20, verses 1 through 4, 7 through 9, and 12 through 20, the Ten Commandments. Then God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When all the people witnessed the thunder and lightning, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, they were afraid and trembled and stood at a distance and said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, for God has come only to test you and to put the fear of him upon you so that you do not sin. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I had a friend who swore up and down that he knew why God spoke in a still, small voice. Because if God ever used the full power of God's voice, and we heard it, our heads would literally explode. There is such power and might in these words. When people's reaction is, we'll listen to our preacher. Just don't make us listen to God because we will die. There is power in the words being received. Lord, let us feel that power. Let us know we are truly in your presence, truly hearing your word, and that truly you expect something from us because we have heard it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many of you are familiar with Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal? You ever heard of him? Seven feet two inches tall, 310 pounds, a tank of a center for the Los Angeles Lakers. Do you remember a television commercial he did where he walks on a playground? He's hot. He's sweaty. He's probably stinky. It didn't come through the TV. All he wants is an ice-cold Pepsi. He looks in an ice chest. No Pepsi. 
It's empty. He turns to a little boy on the playground who's sitting there drinking a Pepsi that's so cold it's sweating. Shaq reaches out his hand to get it. And that little boy looks up at him and says, don't even think about it. That is God's direction to us in the Ten Commandments. Don't you even think about touching what belongs to your neighbor, not his wife, not his employees, not his house, not his herds, not his slaves, not his car, or his Rolex, or his golf clubs, Wayne. Or hers either, for that matter. They are not yours. And you will honor your parents. And you will remember Sabbath. You will do all these things. And you will not do these other things. Don't even think about doing anything else. You know, two fishermen suddenly got a craving to go ice fishing. That's never happened to me. But it did to these two guys. They got a craving to go ice fishing. So they grabbed their power drill, and they were drilling through the ice when they heard a voice say, there are no fish under that ice. And they looked up and said, is that you, God? And the voice said, no, I'm the owner of this ice skating rink. <laughs> These Ten Commandments are God's message to us. I'm the owner. I decide how things work around here. And there are some things that are not allowed and there are some things that are required. The first tablet has four commandments that deal with our relationship with God. The second tablet has six commandments that deal with our relationships with other people. And God, the owner of all that is, gives us this gift. Think of them as a gift that teaches us to love God and to be in relationship with people. We are not saved by the Ten Commandments, but we are kept safe by them. Here's the good news. There was a Gallup poll several years ago that revealed that 84% of Americans believe that the Ten Commandments are a valid guide to life. If you can get 84% of Americans to agree on anything, that's significant. Unfortunately, another survey revealed that only one-third of the people polled could name three of the Ten Commandments. They are worthy of following. 
but we don't know what they say. When we first started driving, one of my sisters got lost in a snowstorm. To her credit, she did not panic. She remembered what our dad had told us. If you ever get stuck in a snowstorm, just wait for a snowplow to come along and follow it. Which she did. A few minutes later, a snowplow came by, and she started the car and started to follow. She followed that plow for about 45 minutes. Finally, the driver of the plow got out and asked her what she was doing. She explained to him what Dad had told us. And the driver nodded at that, and he said, Well, I'm done with the Walmart parking lot. Do you want to follow me over to Best Buy? God's honest truth, that never happened. (laughs) By the way, do you know how to find Will Smith in a snowstorm? You follow the fresh prints. Ah, See, now you're going to appreciate the rest of this sermon more. Because this brings us to the very heart of the Ten Commandments. To a question that is very near and dear to God's heart. Who or what are you following in life? Are you doing circles in a parking lot with your life? Who or what are you following in life? You see, there's a big buffet out there from which we can choose. People hire publicists to protect their reputations. You can go to Rodeo Drive and buy a few $5,000 purses, like Karen. That's what Mike told me. That's what Mike told me. Just so your outfits will match so elegantly. Some people devote themselves to work. That sounds like a great thing, but not when it replaces God's place. Being productive, getting things done, or exercising and health and keeping fit. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But all of those things make a lousy God. Every one of them. Is family your guiding purpose in life? Your children? Or your perfect grandchildren? Wealth? Financial freedom? The best of possessions? The fancy car? The big house? Your safety? An idol is anything that takes the place of God in your life. If you crave food more than you crave God, then food is your idol. So what or who do you follow in life? What is it that gives your life purpose? That is your life's purpose. 
purpose. Is making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world at the top of your list? Is it anywhere on your list? Loving God and loving people, the Ten Commandments way, is that on your list? What is the greatest commandment? And what is the second that is like unto the first? Love God, love people. And that's not just a New Testament thing, because in the Old Testament we receive the same message in the Ten Commandments. Love God, love people. I thank God for the Ten Commandments filling our lives with godly purpose because God did not call us to spend time drilling holes in ice skating rinks or going in circles following a snowplow. Amen.